God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. Everybody say separated. And God called the light day. Who called it? God called it. God is the one who made the separation, so God had the privilege of doing the naming. It also helped that he was the only one there. And the darkness he called night. He made a separation, and then he brought some definition to it. And there was evening, and there was morning, a first day. I think this is really cool. I've I've grown up in church. I I have heard, tell him I said hello on your text message there, but... um, I've grown up in church. I'm a pastor's kid, fifth generation pastor's kid on both sides of my family. I really didn't have a choice if I was going to be in ministry or not. I tried to do something else and dad was like, I ain't paying for that. So I ended up having to like run from the calling for a while. But I have heard Genesis chapter one preach. I've read it 18.2 million times. And I've always heard this reference and read this reference that there was an evening that was a morning, and that was the first day, or the evening and the morning were the first day if you grew up reading the King James or the New King James. But I've always noticed that the evening comes first, and that that kind of intrigued me. I was like, wait, God, I know you started everything, but did you get mixed up so early in the thing? Like, day starts in the morning, right? But it's really kind of interesting, and this this really has nothing to do with the sermon, but it it stood out so strongly to me with where we've been traveling through our radical series and then where we're at in this Exposing Jesus series. We've been diving deep, and then I'm even doing a a Bible study on Wednesday nights where we're diving even more deep. We're like going extra deep, like deepity deep, and it's just like we're learning things, and the Word of God is like stepping out and, and like popping up and showing us things we didn't know And God spoke something to me about this. The evening and the morning were there, and that was the first day. God had already created time when he said, let there be order or let there be light. He had already created time. So the the first day was not when time was created. The time was actually began before the day ever came, but it was already dark. Remember, if you go back into that first couple of verses, we've been traveling through, through there the last couple Sundays. If you missed any of it, go to nolachurch.com or follow us on YouTube and you can get caught up on all of the sermons. But there was already darkness in place when God said, let there be light. Time had already begun and it was dark. And he said, oh, by the way, I'm gonna shine some order into this dark chaos. And so Time actually was functioning and the day began in the dark. And here's what really stands out to me in this. Our nights don't bother God. You may be going through a nighttime in your life. You may be having some depression, some anxiety, some situations happening in your story. You may have got some bad news. A friend of yours, a family member, somebody may be going through something and it's taking you down because you feel like you are in a nighttime. I want you to hear me this morning. It has nothing to do with the sermon, but somebody needs this. God sees your night and says, I'm bringing order to that chaos. Just be a little bit more patient with me. Our night times don't bother God because he orders them. Man, I I love, why don't we give him like a 30-second praise break real quick. Come on, somebody. God brings order to our chaos. 
And speaking of this, we, we have, NOLA Church is not just a church here in the Elmwood part of New Orleans. We are a church that's literally around the world. We have campuses in Nairobi and also in other various parts of Kenya. And then we have watch parties and home groups that are all over the rest of the world. And God is expanding our family. There's people here in town who don't feel comfortable coming out. They're watching from home. We love all of you. You're awesome. Thanks for being a part of the most amazingest church in the world. But every Sunday morning, like really early in the morning, myself and the, the rest of the pastoral team, we come together and we, we spend some time in prayer just getting ready for the day. But one of the things we do is we always reach out to our, our Kenya family because it's right after church their time and we, we want to reach out to them and say, hey, how did it go? want you to know you're there. Hey, Pastor John and Mary, we love y'all. Pastor Kevin and Helen, we love y'all. Come on, let's give him a, them a NOLA church. We love y'all. But I really have had the nation of Kenya on my heart a lot over the last couple of weeks because with the surge of, of COVID cases going up in that country and, and the, the lack of vaccine, the government is, is getting a little nervous and overreacting and they're, they're starting to put limitations on what can happen. And out where Pastor John and Mary are, they can still have church, but they're having to do church a little bit different. And so they, they had church in their main location and then there's six other locations around that county where God's meeting and good things are happening, but they can have church. But in Nairobi, we're not allowed to have church there right now simply because of everything that's going on. So what I wanted to do before we got into the word, if it's okay, I want us to pray for our Kenya family. I want us to pray specifically for the, the city of Nairobi. I want to pray that God begins to move on the government's mind and lets them know that even though there's a fear happening in the world, God is going to do some protection because I want them to open up and I want them to be able to have church because there's people that God is wanting to save. There's people that he's wanting us to baptize. So in Jesus' name, if you don't mind, let's stand to our feet and let's begin to declare some things in Jesus' name. Father, you see the situation over on the other side of the world and I pray specifically that you would begin to intervene in those situations, God. Out in the rural counties, I pray that your spirit would move and bring peace and comfort, but Lord, in the major cities where they are locked down because of the population. Lord, I'm praying for freedom in the name of Jesus. I pray for strength and encouragement for Pastor Kevin and for Helen. I pray for the family that's there. I pray for the team that's there. In Jesus' name, where they can't gather together, Lord, I pray that your spirit would go out to where they are and bring peace and comfort. Lord, and let strength and encouragement be in them. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Y'all can be seated. We love y'all in Kenya. Buena asafiwe, jumbo jumbo. Send your pastor some coffee and he will pray extra hard for you. We are traveling through the word of God theme by theme. And we're calling this series Exposing Jesus. And the reason that we're calling this series Exposing Jesus is I don't believe Jesus is, is someone, a person who suddenly appeared in the beginning of the New Testament. I believe God has a name and the name that was given before the foundation of the world is Jesus. And we have the responsibility as believers to look into the text, to find out exactly what's going on and see how the identity of God is being exposed continually through the text. So that's what we're doing in this series. And somebody said, well, how long is it going to be? It's going to be a minute. We're going to be here for a while, diving deep, learning more and more about this. So we, we are in the very first theme of the Bible, which is creation. This is actually the third sermon. Again, if you missed any part of it, you can go to nolachurch.com and get completely caught up. 
Today I want to simply title the sermon Environments. Everybody say Environments. And I want to show you some things that is in this. This series is a little teachy. Y'all know me, I can't stay calm for long, so I'll, I'll do some preaching. I may give them an I'll, I'll do something to let you know that we're still having church. But I want to peel back some layers and give you some strong foundation because when you see Jesus throughout the Word, you're going to begin to recognize Jesus throughout your life. Because you'll see him exposing himself throughout the text and all the situations and we go there. So I want to jump into Genesis chapter 1. And just so you know, if you have it in your Bible, it's going to be on the screen. But just leave your Bible open. We're just going to be drifting through chapter 1 today, learning a lot of stuff. So let's start with verse 6 and then we're going to drop down to verse 8. Here's what it says. God said, he's already created, he's already started the process of creation has begun. Light is there. He has separated the light from the night. And now things are starting to get real. And he says, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. Let there be an expanse. If, if you have a, an old school translation of the Bible, it may have the word firmament. I don't really know what the word firmament means, but it just sounds good when you say firmament. Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. In other words, there's water here, there's water here, and then there's something in between. The space between. Even less of you got that one. Like, what do y'all listen to? Y'all don't... Jerry, that's good music, isn't it? There you go. Thank you. Me and Jerry know what's up. Been praying for your family, by the way. Everything going good? Praise God. Keep me posted. Glad to see you. Andy's here with you today as well. That's cool. We're just a family, y'all. We just have family time while I'm preaching. Let there be an expanse in the midst of the water that it may separate. Everybody say separate. Water from water. We're going to drop down to verse 8. God called the expanse sky. And there was an evening... And there was a morning, a second day. Like, what's the significance of this? When God starts something, it becomes a pattern and it continues. God doesn't change midstream. That's what we do. He says, I'm God and I do not change. I started it. It's forever settled. I love that song. Your word is settled in heaven. Before we were ever here, the word of God is already settled. We don't have to worry. Is something going to change? What's, what's new coming in life? It doesn't matter. The word of God is forever settled. He's already set it into motion. I'm, I'm already preaching. But let me get into this. God begins to create environments. These are spaces. And he, he begins to define these spaces within this, this thing that he is beginning to create with the spoken word. And he begins to create these environments where he will begin to fulfill his, design, his divine purpose. He speaks into this emptiness. And we learned in the first couple of weeks that this, is, this emptiness, this darkness was a place of chaos. It's like the, the almighty God speaks the order, that light. Let there be light. He begins to speak order into the darkness so that what is in the darkness can begin to fulfill his divine purpose. And here's the thing that you've got to understand. As you're reading the text, God reveals himself within the environment that he creates. He speaks the order into the chaos. But in speaking order into the chaos, the chaos was not completely formed because God does everything through process. 
We believe in making room for the Holy Ghost to do what the Holy Ghost is going to do. But the Bible says, let everything be done decently in order. The reason we don't just let people go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs all the time is because that's going to hurt people. God is not weird. God is not strange. God does things on purpose. And he does things in order. I need to get some more amens on that. Don't be scared of structure. Be scared of structure that tries to replace God. Look for the order. Amen, amen. That first environment that he spoke into existence was there. He had spoken order into it, but it was still fluid. It wasn't clearly defined. And you, you can see this if you look in another place in the Word of God in Job chapter 26, right around verses 10 and 11, it talks about the pillars of the earth were shaking. It's because God had already begun to speak this out, but it, it wasn't quite solid yet. It's kind of like when, you're, when your child just first, start, first begins to walk. Like they, they do that, uh, my head's bigger than the rest of my body thing. It's not that they're not a person. It's not that they're not a vital life. It's not that they don't matter. It's that they're not stable yet. God speaks into it. Order begins to come. And the stability starts to try to find its, its pathway, trying to get its sea legs under it, but it's still fluid. Let, let me submit it to you like this. It's fluid, but it's filled with potential. It's fluid, but it's filled with potential. The expanse or the firmament, if you need the fancy words, the expanse was a clearly defined boundary placed in the fluid potential to provide definition. Hear me, I'm, I'm going to do a little pastoring from the pulpit. Is that okay? Normally we do this in small groups or across the table or across some coffee, but I'm going to do some pastoring. Is that cool? Y'all still love me? I wore Blockbuster so you would know that I'm still fun. You need boundaries in your life because without boundaries in your life, your life has no definition. The believer who has no boundaries in their life is the believer whose potential remains unstable. Man, I wish God would do something in my life. Where are your boundaries? I know he set some, whether you hear them, see them or not. God set some boundaries, but where are the boundaries that you're setting in your life? Pastor, pastor, pray that, I, that I'm able to get past this season. Are you putting boundaries in place? Are you growing up as a believer? Are you staying in that place of immaturity where you're just unstable trying to figure out how to walk? Are you saying, hey, I learned a lesson when I was stumbling around. I banged my head on the corner of the coffee table. You know, you got, you got to let your kids bump into the wall every now and then, right? Like, that's mean. No, that's parenting. Send your kids outside and let them get some dirt on them so they build up some immunity so when a pandemic hits, the whole world doesn't fall apart in their life. Pastor, you're being political. No, I'm being wise. The reason that we get sick so easy is because we have put the wrong boundaries in place. We're scared to death of everything because we've got the wrong boundaries. We trust in the wrong order. Instead of trusting the right order, I'm drifting and I'm going to get by. I'm getting the evil eye from my wife. Like, get back on point. Yes, ma'am, I will do what you say because I am a good husband. And the couch is not as comfortable as it would seem. <laughs> Understand this, the boundaries in our lives, hear me, the boundaries in our lives define our place within his divine purpose. 
Hey, you don't have to raise your hand. I just wanted you to think. I really wish I knew where I fit in God's purpose. The boundaries in your life show you where you fit. If you don't have boundaries, you'll never figure it out. You'll never see it. Even if he shows up with a big, like, humongous video wall and says, this is my purpose, you won't see it because you won't have any boundaries and you're looking over here. You need some boundaries in your life. Don't be scared of God's boundaries. Hey, students I'm, and, pre, and uh, uh, preteens and, and college students, young adults, I'm preaching to you tonight, but I'm already preaching right now to you. You need some boundaries in your life. And if there are older people in your life who are taking away boundaries, don't listen to them. They are not your friend. They don't care about you. They're trying to put you on the same path that they're messing up on. If you want to be a strong believer, allow God to clearly define the boundaries and you say, okay, that's your boundary. I'm going to make sure I don't even get close to that. Here's my boundary because I want to have a little buffer room before I get in trouble with Jesus. This is not even in the notes, but let me go. In the word of God, when God told Moses, hey, I'm going I'm to meet you and speak to you on the mountain and don't let the people come near. And Moses like, well, where is the edge of the mountain? And God said, you tell me. That's why you need a leader in your life to speak some boundaries. It's not my job to, to set standards for you. It's my job to tell you what God said. And then it's your job to say, I'm going to be a mature believer and I'm not going there because I don't want to fall on that side. Sorry, sorry. I got a little old school. But we need some boundaries in our lives. Amen. Let's look at verse 9 and 10. God said, let the water below the sky be gathered into one area. Another way you could read that is let the waters below the sky be ordered. I want you to see this. A theme is being established in the text. That the dry land may appear. And it was so. I love that song we sang today. It was so. He said it. It was so. He didn't say it and then like that thing try to figure out, well, I'm not sure I want to do that right now. <laughs> really? I got to do that? I'm a parent of four teenagers. That is the language spoken in my house. What? <laughs> Can you clean your room? What? I said, clean your rent. I don't know what you're saying. God said it. It was so. There was no argument. Creation didn't say, I don't want to be that. That's what believers do. God said it. Well, I don't know if that's my personal conviction. Pastor, you're going to have to show me chapter and verse. I did. God said it. Just because you didn't read it didn't mean it's not there. God said it, it happened. There's no argument with it. God said it, it is so. God saw it in his mind. He saw it before his word ever began to speak it out. And when his word breathed it out and the Almighty went, it had already happened because the happening was waiting on the breath. There's no argument with what's happening. God called the dry land earth. That's where you live, by the way. And the gathering of waters he called seas. God saw that it was good. We're seeing environments being created. He speaks into the chaos where everything is just all muddled up together. He goes, I want some dry land over here. That's the environment of earth. And I want some, some wet land over here. That's the environment of the seas. 
I've already divided you from the waters above. I put a firmament in. That's another environment, but now I've placed this in an environment. See what God's doing. He's beginning to create these spaces in the chaos, bringing boundaries and bringing order. And I know this is all thick and stuff, but I'm going somewhere, and you're going to like it, I promise. Just hang with me. Look at verse 11 to 13. God said, let the earth sprout vegetation. This is cool. Let earth sprout vegetation, seed-bearing plants, fruit trees of every kind on the earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. God speaks. He doesn't say, let there be apple trees. He says, hey, earth, do what I designed you to do. And the earth went, yes, sir. Don't make me pop and lock up on top of you. That was dumb. That was one of the dumber things I've done. Let's continue on. The earth brought forth. It wasn't that funny. Stop making fun of me now. The earth brought forth vegetation. Notice this. Seed-bearing plants of every kind and trees of every kind bearing fruit. Notice this. With the seed in it. You ought to take a picture of that because that, that's like really cool. Not of me, of that. The seed is in the plant. God speaks, tells the environment what to produce. The environment begins to pr- produce the thing and what is needed to reproduce is already in the thing that's being produced by the environment that God spoke into existence. Did y'all, did y'all hang with that? Because that's really cool. And God saw that it was good. God didn't have to wonder and do a Facebook poll. What do you think of this? God did not ask a second opinion because he saw what he had spoken and it happened and he said, that's good. It's like God went, and there was evening, there was morning, the third day. I want you to notice as God begins filling the environments that have been separated by boundaries, he begins filling them with exactly what the environment needs to be productive and to be sustaining. In other words, God looks into the environment that he has separated by the boundaries and says, what does this environment need to accomplish what I designed it to accomplish? Okay, earth, you're going to bear the trees and the plants and the grass and all... You're going to need some seed within the chaos. So, by the way, it's already there. Just access it. I don't, I don't know if you caught it. It's already there. Just simply access it. Okay, you're, you're not getting it. Let me break it down. God's creative work continues in our lives as well. He did not stop creating when he rested on the seventh day. That's what religion would tell you. Creation hasn't stopped because the word of God is continuing to rumble through the eons of time. God's creative work is continuing in our lives. And so you say, how does this happen? Let me expose Jesus for you real quick. Jesus is Yehovah Jireh, or say it in our language. Jesus is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and he is everything we'll ever need to live in relationship with God. 
The creative work is still working. The creator is still creating because he says, hey, I put you in an environment and you think there's something missing, but there's not. I've already put the seed for what you need within the environment I placed you in. It's already there. You just have to access this. You say, well, I'm not sure I believe that. Just look a few chapters ahead to the, or a few verses ahead to the Garden of Eden. Eden is this area that God created. And then he puts a garden on the eastern side of this space called Eden. And within this garden, everything that God had ordered to represent everything that he wants to do with humanity begins to happen and no one has to maintain it. It's taking care of itself. Could it be that we keep messing up because we keep trying to replace God within the environment that he placed us in? We keep trying to muck it up. We just keep trying to do it the way that makes us comfortable. He's like, no, I created the environment. I put everything in it that that environment needed, and then I placed you in the middle of it. Guess what? That's your environment. Let it do its thing. Just simply access the seed that's already there. I need a financial blessing. Access the seed of faith that he placed in you and return your tithe and watch what he does. Oh, pastor, talking about money. No, pastor's not talking about money. Pastor's talking about your heart, and he's talking about faith. He's either God or he's not God. He's either got truth in him or he's making the whole mess up. I happen to be one of those people who believes that God's word is forever settled. And if he sets in order a process, that process continues. Even if he in his flesh did not necessarily directly talk about it, he said it in Genesis, and it's still relevant today. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, hmm. Okay, guys, look at your neighbor and say, hmm. Let's look at verses 14 to 15. God said, I love how God keeps saying things. Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate day from night, another environment, another boundary. I don't like when God puts boundaries, but that's where environments are created. If he doesn't create boundaries, there are no environments, which means the potential just remains chaotic. He's got to separate something. Hmm. Another series. We'll come back to that in a few years. (laughs) He put lights in the expanse of the sky to separate day from night. In other words, to bring order. And notice this. They, what, the lights that he put up there in the expanse, shall serve as signs... For the set times, and then he defines that, the days and the years, and they serve as lights in the expanse of the sky to shine upon the earth, and it was so. There was a purpose to what we see out there in the expanse. We call it space. The purpose was not for Area 51 to have a place to go or the History Channel to have more content. Like, I, I, nothing against sci-fi. I love me some sci-fi. I like to offend both the Star Trekkies and the Star Warsians. I, I like messing with everybody. I like them all. If it's science fiction, I love it. But let's get into some scientific fact. Those things are, that are out there are not out there for other life. We are the masterpiece of his creation. That is out there to serve us, not the other way around. It's there as signs, and it's just simply lights. I want you to be able to see what's happening. I want you to be able to recognize my divine order, so I'm throwing things out into the cosmos 
that are going to reveal my order to you. You just have to learn how to read the signs. And oh, by the way, if it's dark out there, I'll turn the lights on so you can see where I'm going. Verse 17, God set them in the expanse of the sky to shine upon the earth, to dominate the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness environment. And God saw that this was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, and that was the fourth day. I want you to recognize this. You can't miss this. God places within the environment the tool that his image bearers, look at your name and say, he's talking about us. He fills the environment with the tools that we are going to need to be effective. If we don't understand the seasons, we're not going to know when to plant. And if we don't know when to plant, we're not going to know when to harvest. If we don't understand the seasons, we don't know when to go to work and we don't know when to rest. Let me just talk about it real quick. That's why some of us never take a day off because we don't know how to read what he put out there. And so we think we are our source and we think we are our provider. I've got to take the extra overtime because I over-obligated myself on these bills. I've got to have 17 jobs just so I can make ends meet. No, if I'm not there, it's all going to fall apart. Baby, you don't know how to rest because you don't see the divine order that he threw out there to say, it's nighttime, fool, go to bed. You need some time off. You need to work. You need to work. Bump your neighbor and say, get a job. Person who don't provide for their family is worse than an infidel is what the Bible says. You better work. But if you're going to go to work, you better learn how to rest. You better learn how to say, hey, I have worked and I am tired. I'm pushing away from it. It's okay to turn this thing off. It's controlling too much of your life as it is. If you can't go through five minutes without checking something on that thing, you might better leave it at home next time because you need to learn how to rest your brain, rest your eyes, rest these weary bones so that your soul can find rest in your God. Whole other subject. Say, well, why, why, is, why are the planets and the stars out there? It's simple. They're signs and they're lights and they teach us to follow and obey his divine order. Well then, pastor, are you telling me that uh, uh, astrology is right. No, astrology is mysticism. It, it's a counterfeit of learning to recognize the signs. Don't be checking your fortune. Don't like open up the fortune cookie. Those aren't even Chinese. I'm just telling you. They're made like in Illinois. Okay, like Chinese people don't even eat them. So it's not ancient wisdom. And oh, by the way, don't go, does anyone ever even read the newspaper anymore? They used to have like the horoscope of the newspaper. It's probably like on your, on, on like your Facebook feed. Don't read that mess. It's not from God. Yeah, but it just sounds good. No, it's witchcraft. You're messing with something you're not supposed to mess with. Yeah, but like the tarot cards are cool. I just think that it's witchcraft. It's called divination. You shouldn't mess with it. Well, I'm in it, so I might as well just pass her. Is that cool? I love the way this, this dream catcher looks hanging off of my rearview mirror. Do you realize that that is a way to attract evil spirits into your life and into your home? Why would you even touch that saying, Pastor, are you for real? Yes, I'm for real. You ought to do a little historical study on the things that we call decoration. Be careful what you hang around your neck, what you put on your wrist, what you put in your life, what you put in front of your eyes, what you put in your... Never mind. 
Mm. I could go, I could go there and people would get mad and leave. I, I like y'all, I want y'all to stay. I, I will. Genesis chapter one, verse 20. And God said, let the waters, notice this, notice this. Let the waters bring, what's bringing forth the waters? That environment. Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and birds that fly above the earth from the expanse of the sky. There's waters that he created that are both above and beneath this expanse of firmament that's there. And please don't ask me what that is because I haven't studied that far yet. That's too deep. That'd be like nine sermons. I'm working on it, but I'm not there yet. So don't ask me that question. But the waters are commanded to bring forth life. God didn't say, let there be great white sharks. God didn't say, may the megalodon begin to swim. You can tell I like me some sharks. Shark week, favorite. I'm not getting in the bathtub because I'm scared of sharks, but I love that week on TV. You're like, Pastor, are you? yes, I don't take baths because there are sharks in the drains. They will come out and bite my butt, and I'm not going to do it anymore. Pray for me, I make heaven my home, but I got some issues, just so you know. I go to see a therapist, but I pronounce it the rapist, so I don't go. But anyway, TMI, yeah, my wife's giving me the look again. Here we go. All right, notice this. God speaks, God speaks. That was a joke, by the way. I'm, I'm not saying anything about anybody else. That was just a bad joke. All right, you cool? No letters or emails, we're good. God speaks into this environment, and he does not define what happens in the environment. He just says, environment, do what you're supposed to do. And things begin to happen. And they begin to produce, and they begin to expand. Because his divine order brings definition to the chaos. We, we, we learned this a couple weeks back, the the. the fundamental building blocks that were in creation, the, the Hebrew words are tohu and, and vohu. That's basically the uninhabitable land and the uninhabitable expanse, which would either be water or sky. These are environments that, that, that need some definition. But when God spoke, these, these fundamental building blocks are already in place. You, you got to get this. this. This is the big crux of the day. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. What God used to start the environment is the fundamental building block that environment will use to continue to fulfill the divine purpose. So when God looks at the environment that looks uninhabitable, that looks massive and like nobody can tame it, he just says, do what you're supposed to do. And it starts doing it. And we're trying to control life. And he says, I've already controlled your environment. Take heart, for I have already overcome the world. Let me just tell that environment to do what I designed it to do. And you just trust me to be who I say I am. Pastor, I, I don't know how to let him drive my life. You need to allow him to drive. You're still trying to learn how to get into second gear in your manual transmission. And your life is doing this. You're unstable. Everything you do, the, the Bible says the double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. That's why everything you touch turns to dust. That's why everything you touch turns into absolute chaos. You insert yourself into something that turns into drama. The reason is because you're unstable because you're trying to drive everything. Because you don't trust the one who put you in the environment to allow the environment to be in the divine order that he created for you. 
You need to learn to trust your God. Because everything that you and I need to be effective in his divine purpose of our lives has already been deposited into us when he gave us life. Say, I'm not sure I, let me show you. Here's what happens. God activates your potential. It's like he's got some spiritual paddles and he's like, clear. And he activates your potential when he breathes his Holy Spirit into you giving you abundant life. You're like, I need a savior, Jesus Christ. Come and sit on the, on the throne of my life. Come and be my Lord, be my God. And he goes, <sighs> and when that begins to happen, all of the chaotic potential in your life starts going, poo, 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 poo. it's like Transformers movie. It's just like, let's go back a couple weeks ago when the Spirit of God moved over the surface of the chaos, like sparks of light began to take place. Sparks of light happen because when God begins to move, he breathes in you and his Holy Spirit begins to activate life in you. Your potential is chaotic. Let him breathe his Spirit into you. And hear me, Jesus is all you need. No, I... Pastor, can you pray that I find a husband or a wife? No. Because you don't need a husband or wife. You need a Jesus. He'll take care of that. No, God wants, God has prepared that person for me. Are you sure? Or maybe he's preparing you for them. Instead of looking for something that you don't have now, look to the one you already possess and the one who already lives in you. Get so close to him. He says, put me first and I'll take care of all that other stuff. By the way, there's no such thing as prophesying who you're going to marry. Y'all just hear me on that. It's not in the Bible. I don't care what TV preacher said it. It's not real. Don't buy into it. God's not in the process of matchmaking. He's in the process of person building. And I promise you when Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright comes along, if you've trusted him, he'll have you ready and prepared before they ever look at you and go, what's up? (laughs) You're welcome. I love to pastor you. Jesus is all you will ever need. So there's no reason to look for anything more or for anyone else. Verse 21 and 23. God created the great sea monsters and all the living creatures. I'm going to skip forward because I'm running out of time. I'm preaching too much. Which the waters brought forth in swarms, all the winged birds of every kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them. We're coming to the end here. God blessed them. What does does that mean, Pastor? It means God approved them. He looked at it and goes, yes. That's nice. It's like he looked at himself in the mirror of himself and said, you do good work, boo. God blessed them saying, notice this, notice this. Be fertile and increase. Be fertile and increase. Man, that sounds familiar. Fast forward to Genesis chapter 12. Hey, actually fast forward to Genesis chapter three. Hey, Adam, I want you and Eve to be fertile and increase. Hey, Abraham, I'm going to make you fertile and I'm going to increase you. Fast forward into the New Testament. Jesus says, hey, 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 receive everything I've taught you. Now I want you to go make disciples. What is he saying? I want you to be fertile, and I want you to increase. 
In other words, I want to make you that potential activated. And then I want that potential to begin to have definition and boundaries and begin to expand. God does not want you to stay in the bad understanding you've always had. He wants to put more in you. I've never heard it like this. That's good. Because if you keep hearing the same thing over and over, not only is it going to make you spiritually insane, it's going to literally dampen your development and you will never become more than you are right now. God did not design you to be a bench warmer. He designed you to be an effective environment filled with his divine potential activated by his Holy Spirit that is both fruitful within itself and expanding outside of himself. God has some truth that he has already imparted into you. And I promise you, not a one of us, myself included, has even scratched the surface. There was evening and there was morning. It was the fifth day. God commanded that life produced by the environment created to reproduce and expand. I'm bringing this to a close. There's some more here, but I might have to try to get this like in a blog post or something because, because God's talking. It's time to, to get you where we got to go. Here, here it is. Whatever he's provided for you. I'm going to read it because I don't want to miss it up. Somebody needs to hear this. Whatever he's provided for you already has the innate ability to reproduce and expand because God is not limited by our limitations. And you think you're worthless. You think you can't do it. By yourself, you can't. That's why you need him. And when you receive him, your potential becomes activated. And that's when whatever you need is already deposited into you. And notice this, what he's invested into you isn't defined by your potential, but rather by his creative nature. Here's this this phrase. Parents say this all the time. Teachers, like good teachers, say this all the time. And the world is trying desperately to become a pat on the back world. Not sure that's actually going to come to complete fruition. But we're in this like affirmation society, trying to make everybody feel good about themselves. So a statement that is bandied about often is this. Man, you've got so much potential. As if that's a compliment. Man, I look at my child. I see so much potential. Teacher says, hey, mom, dad. Little Johnny or little Marcus or whatever. Not Marcus, Bruce Hart. I love you. Not talking about you. Just a name that popped in my head. (laughs) Promise. Like, got so much potential. And you're like, oh, here's what they're saying. You got a ton of potential, but you ain't done crap yet. Because potential that's not activated is nothing but mere chaos. It's unstable. And when, when potential that has not been activated tries to move, everything's going to shake. And we're like, oh, just lean into your potential. No, lean out of your potential into the one who wants to activate your potential. I say, Pastor, this is all well and good, but how is Jesus exposed? And you talked about the first five days of creation. How is Jesus exposed? Here, here we go. First, God created potential. That's the environment right? Second, he establishes a boundary so the potential won't be wasted. There's so much potential in my child. 
parent, hear me. There's so much, I'm closing my eyes so no one thinks I'm talking to them. There's so much potential in my child. That's why I'm going to take the boundaries off and I'm going to let them define for me what their life is. Pastor friend of mine, nobody get offended by this. I'm just telling you a fact, okay? Pastor friend of mine emails me. This is a pastor that my wife and I, we coach their family. He reaches out to me and says, hey, I need some help. I said, okay, this is what preachers do. We call other preachers like, it's all breaking loose. I need some help. I I call lots of people. And this, this particular time, he happened to call me like a a friend of mine who is a pastor in another city. Mom and dad bring their four-year-old child to the church. And they say, this four-year-old child, four, four, has come to the realization that he is actually a female. All the plumbing is male, but the four-year-old has determined. It sounds like parents have made some decisions for children. And they want the church to change everything to make that acceptable. What do I do? Here's what I said. I can't tell you exactly what to say to that parent, but you better love them because they're confused. And you better love that four-year-old child because that four-year-old child is getting hit from every area and the parents are hurting the child because the parents are buying into a political idea that has nothing whatsoever to do with God. I said it. That's not hate speech. That's truth. I love everybody. But God made people the right way and he has a divine order and he put boundaries. I said, but you better get the word and you better go to the pulpit and you better start preaching the word of God because the only thing that can bring definition to chaos is the truth that has been forever settled. And believer, you better better hear me. You better know what this word says because it's about to get chaotic. It's not going to get any better. You can keep praying and praying for the world to change. The world's not going to change because the world has pushed away from the boundaries that God has established. That's why people are turning on people and killing them for no reason. It's wrong. It should not happen. But it's not going to stop. This is all fulfilling biblical prophecy, but you better learn how to bring some stability into the chaos. You better learn how to trust the boundaries and lean back into the loving arms of that beautiful father who says, I will define everything for you. God doesn't want your potential to be wasted. Moms, dads, you better start telling your children, this this is what we're going to do. Learn a lesson from Joshua. Ask for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. But i got to give them their privacy. No, you don't need to give them their privacy because I promise you, the pedophile and the predator who is talking to them when you're nowhere around, they're not worried about their privacy. You better check their phone. You better get a Life360 app and know where your kids are. Is it okay if I preach real quick on the way to church this morning? Pastor Mac picks me up and then we run by Tove's house to pick him up to come to church. And, and his neighbor's standing out there, literal tears streaming down her face. And she's frantic. We're like, man, what in the world is going on? And Chris tells us, he says, she's looking for her child and her child's phone pinged at my house. Her child ain't at my house. Parents, where are your kids? I'm not just talking about in the natural That makes every parent go, oh my God. But where are your kids spiritually? Do they even know the value of Jesus Christ? Are you teaching them another political idea that they're learning at school? Are you defining 
that boundary by looking at the boundary that God Almighty established saying, hey, as for me and my house, we're not going to participate in that because it's killing us. And let me just say it. I love everybody, but you need to choke your personal convictions because your personal convictions are removing boundaries out of your life. You need to actually align with the convictions He places in you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Bible says spare the rod spoil the child and when they're 16 and you're wondering why you can't control them you need to go back and say I never hit them where the good Lord split them he put an air gap there so when the paddle comes down the air releases and they're not permanently damaged pastor pastor it's not politically correct I don't give a flying rat's toenail if it's politically correct it's biblical Moms, dads, look at your child and say, you're 12. I'll end you if you don't shut your mouth. Wait, wait. That's too late. You're four. Go sit down. And give me back my dang phone. You're slobbering all over it. Why, why are you even going? God put some boundaries in. And we're running from the boundaries because we think the boundaries hurt us. No, the boundaries define our potential. I can't make my kid go to church. You've already lost your kid. You're going to be comfortable going to visit your kid in prison because you're going to. You better say, the house of God's open. We're going. I don't want to go. I don't give a flying rip. You're going. He's so boring. He's wearing a Blockbuster sweatshirt. How boring can he be? And and that's just, learn the lesson from the way I'm talking to the parents here. Learn the lesson. And by the way, I'm not gunning for anyone. I'm not dealing with the situation. I'm just speaking truth. So much of what is happening in the world today is because parents decided they didn't want to be parents. I got spanked when I was a kid and only twitch on Tuesdays. It's okay. You'll make it. And by the way, I'm not going on on a, a television talk show to talk about how mean my parents were. I thank God that my dad looked at me and said, no, you're not going out right now. I know it's 7 o'clock at night, but you're not going because I know what you're going to do, fool. Because here's the deal. I had plans to do something I wasn't supposed to do. So he told me I couldn't go and he saved me. There's not little monies running around until I got married because my dad told me no. That's so mean. No, that's loving. Moms, dads, where are your children? It's 2021. Do you know where your kids are? It's in the end times. Do you know where your children's hearts are? God is coming back soon. Do you know if your kids are ready to meet him in the air? The world's falling apart. Have your kids been baptized? I'm not talking in a religious ceremony where we pour water on their head. I'm talking, have they been buried in the name of Jesus? Has the blood of Jesus been applied? Go look at the notes online. I'm skipping the third one. Here's the Psalm 16:5. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessings. You guard all that's mine. In other words, you are my stability. 
I'm not going to look for stability anywhere else but in the one who created me and defined everything about me. 2 Corinthians 12, 19, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. By ourselves, we're unstable and weak. And he goes, oh, you're weak? I can work in that. Let go of religion that says you've got to be perfect for God to use you. God likes it when you're not perfect. Find one perfect person that he used in the Bible. You won't. Enoch walked with God and he was so perfect. God said, you don't belong here. But the apostle Peter, who preached the very first sermon of the church age, less than a month earlier, cursed God three times. Even cursed the day that Jesus was born ran away and hid. Matthew, the guy who writes the first of the four Gospels, invited Jesus to an orgy. I've never read that. You ought to do a little study. It's there. It got quiet up in here. Stop looking for perfection because it's not there. Perfection is not a God idea. It's a human attribute that we're trying to reach. You'll never get there. God doesn't care if you're perfect. He just wants you to know, is you making your potential available for my definition? Because our weaknesses can never diminish His strength. Philippians 4.19 And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches would have been given to us in Christ Jesus. The potential has already been activated when you receive Jesus. All that you need is already in you. He lives in you. He lives around you. He comes beside you. He walks with you and He says, I've already got it. Don't worry about it. Jesus is God's divine investment into our potential. And where is Jesus exposed in the first chapter? Right there. Right in those environments. He goes, hey, where's Waldo? I'm right here. I'm right here. Is your life chaotic? Are you weary and heavy laden? Are you burdened down with the cares of life? Are you suffering with anxiety? Are you suffering with depression? Is there an emotional problem? Is there a spiritual problem? Is there a relational problem that just tears you down? Is there a societal mindset that's defining you and taking away your identity? Are you being marginalized in any way? If that's who you are, by the way, that's all of us. I want you to hear this. The one who is the living word of God, the one who is the definer of all potential, said this in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. I will define boundaries into your chaos. But you got to be involved in this. It's not just me. You got to take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Notice how gentle God is. You better listen. No, he said, no, 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 no. I want you to take it on you let me do what I know is best for you because I am humble and I'm gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear notice this and the burden I give you is light